Welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast. This is Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. We are getting closer to action time. And we talked last week, and you remarked that wasn't a whole lot going on, and we kind of figured it's because NFL teams are better at their jobs. You know, front offices are doing better at their jobs than they did in, in, in you know the earlier years of salary cap, and there is more cap relief out there, the cap's bigger. So, you know, so fast forward another week, and there hasn't been a lot of movement. Some guys are getting cut. Any names out there have been cut that interest you as, like, hey, go get that guy early? I mean, is there anybody out there like that? No, no one's jumping off the page. I mean, I think the Jacksonville news or moves are newsworthy but not real exciting. You know, the, the, and the tie in the Dolphins with them as well. Um, one thing of note, you know, that I, I don't know that our, all the listeners understand is what's interesting is these guys that are getting cut, and there's not a lot. Like you said, I mean, the, the cap is bigger than ever, and there's not a lot of cash-strapped teams right now. But these guys that get cut are more attractive in a vacuum than a player of the exact same caliber or same qualifications who's hitting free agency, whose contract is up. And the reason is these guys, if you add them to your team, don't affect your comp picks the next year. You know, so right. they, they get a little, little bonus prize for getting cut kind of in that, that it's teams like Baltimore that are really conscious of that might go pick you up a little earlier. Yeah, and agents, they like it when their players get cut, if they're good players. Especially because early. They're like, hey, we're just going to get paid more, and we and we got a chance to get paid earlier, and they don't think it's a bad thing. So, you know, it sounds so devastating to a guy. Oh, hey, you know, the Panthers just cut you, but you can put a you can put a happy face on that pretty quickly. Yeah, no doubt, and it's not the same, obviously. But you know, the, being with teams, there's a a, a a saying sort of in the coaching ranks that. Hey, the more you get fired, the better off you are because then you get the next team you go with, you get a whole new web of guys you know well. And, you know, it's the best way of networking ever is to get fired and go to a new team, you know, at the college ranks or the NFL ranks or whatever, um, that you just network and you meet that many more good coaches and good people that are moving up in the world that might call you and say, hey, I'm the head coach of the Jets. Come join me. Yeah, and, you know, back in the, the days of the Mike Shanahan Broncos, they didn't. There wasn't a lot of movement with those guys as far as coaches and front offices, and they stayed there a long time. And then when they did get fired, I heard a lot of those guys who told me, "I don't really know anybody in the league because I was <laughs> showing right. our little world here," and and that and that hurt some of those guys. And I know one guy in particular who never got another shot. And so you're right, you know that it is it is a small world and. and, and you know, players, coaches should take advantage of it. Yeah, and moving around can be a good career move, especially for coaches. You know, they want to do this right. 20 years, and, you know, it's not like their bodies wear out and their, you know, their, their time is up before you know it. Right, right. Um, you know, it's a funny thing. I don't, this is also kind of a warning. These couple weeks is a warning for free agency. Is all the names that we saw being really first-day hot guys, they're the guys who are getting cut, you know, Brandon Albert, yeah, good point. Mario Williams, Julius Thomas. Those guys were like, 
real intrigued guys just a couple years ago in free agency, and now they're getting cut. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then we've seen that all through the history of free agency, that people spend big on the hot name, doesn't quite live up to it, and boom, you're gone because, you know, your, your cap hit or your the investment that the team has in you is too great to, for some of these people to keep up with. Right. It's not necessarily a knock on the players. I mean, right, right. It's just it's kind of business. And nobody blames them for signing the deal. No, not at all. <laughs> um, want to kind of spend the meat of today's show on quarterbacks. I, I've written three different stories on quarterbacks in the last ten days. I think this has a chance to be one of the more fascinating quarterback carousels in recent memory. I mean, it, it's pretty deep. It, it's not necessarily great past, three, you know, maybe three guys, and the, the, the shelf life of those three guys are, are certainly different, but I think it's fascinating. I mean, there could be some really interesting quarterback movement this year, don't you think, in the next couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, very much so, and... Again, I don't know that there's the answer out there that's going to change the whole team's you know, outlook and be worth the bazillion dollars that they might get or whatever. But you're right. It's certainly fascinating. Then who's the first domino to drop? And, and I was just on the air with another you know, locally here talking about Tyrod Taylor, and he's really fascinating. You know, is he going to go back to Buffalo? Or how many teams would be interested in Tyrod Taylor? And I can make an argument that he's – the answer that he's a big upgrade for a lot of teams, or he, he isn't the right signing, and he's just one example. I mean, you go really down down the list. Jay Cutler's not terrible. We've talked about him, and maybe Geno Smith gets to a new place and doesn't have much pressure on him and does okay. And you know, he's well down the list, or even a Josh McCown, or let alone a Mike Lennon, who's going to get a real opportunity. And um, I, I think he said it well that it's fascinating that the, you know that this. And you enter the dynamic that this isn't a very good quarterback class, but next year is supposed to be really top-heavy. So maybe the Bears and the Browns and the Niners and those type of teams just sort of tread water at the position for a year and bring in somebody of not a lot of consequence and then go heavy next year. Right, right. I, the way I count it, I, I think there's nine teams that could be in the mix for quarterback and um, I'm trying to frantically find my list, but, I'll, you know, it's basically um, Washington. They could be. Um, let, let, let me just give me one second because it will be a lot easier if I get this up. Sure. You know, and a team like Washington is really interesting, too, because are you married to Cousins or, right. you know, I mean, or even like Arizona. You know, like those teams – probably need to draft a guy or right, the Giants. Right. Here's the teams that I, that I have that could add a quarterback in the next few weeks or, and then the draft. Buffalo, Chicago, Cleveland, Denver, Houston, Kansas City, Jets, 49ers, Washington. Um, missing anywhere, any of those any teams in your thoughts? One that stands out is Denver. And only I only say that because... If they're going to add somebody, to me, it has to be a veteran. It has to be Romo. Well, it's going to be Romo or nobody, guy. right? You know, so their market's a little different. And I tend to think that they might just kind of stick where they're at, keep a, a small cap number at the quarterback position, build around them, 
spend elsewhere, rebuild an offensive line. That wouldn't shock me. Um, right. I mentioned the Giants, though. I mean, to me, the Giants, they have a lot of needs on offense, and they have some big free agents hitting on, on, de- on defense. But Eli was bad, and they have nothing behind him. He's up in age. I think they have to address the quarterback position. I don't know if you're just talking free agency or the draft or what, but they can't no, just yeah, all around. sit tight. Yeah, I mean, sitting tight for them is crazy. And same with Arizona. Arizona's another team. Uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 the width that I said was more potential starters than backups. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those those teams, you know, those teams certainly. And, you know, and then the quarterbacks that are available, you know, like you said, Garoppolo and Cousins, Romo, Tyro Taylor, I want to talk about a little bit more. Um, the rookie class, you know there's probably going to be two or three drafted in the first round. Even if they don't deserve to be, they will be because teams – won't answer it in free agency, and they won't be able to help themselves once they're on the clock. Jay Cutler, Mike Glennon, who's interesting. Kaepernick is out there. Uh, Nick Foles, Matt Schwab. I mean, there's there's a lot of there could be a lot of dominoes to fall. Yeah, there could. And I think sort of like you were talking to start the show is it's really intriguing, and I could see a lot more quarterback movement than usual. You know that. You could see where, you know, there's all these coaching changes and you're not thrilled with their guy, but if they go to the right spot, you could see where a team would be interested in them. Um, And it doesn't seem like any of those teams are married to one guy. They could all go a lot of directions. There's not an Andrew Luck or let alone, you know, somebody like that coming out that everyone's jockeying to get to the top of the draft, even like last year, to try to get to Goff and Wentz. So, yeah, I mean, and I wonder – when does it happen? You know, it is like as soon as free agency hits, is it going to be a mad dash? Or I feel like when the first domino hits, like Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded or Tyrod Taylor doesn't come back and boom, the Browns sign him or the Niners or whoever, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now a guy's off the board. Let's start you know, a lot of reaction from there. Yeah, I mean, first thought is that free agency always moves fast in the NFL. and But – Sometimes there is a position market that develops, and it does take a few days, and and, and that may be the situation. I, I think the first domino should be, out of respect, should be Tony Romo. That you know, Dallas, if they got, they probably decided either way what they're going to do. Sure. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to cut him? And if they cut him, you know, he can get going right now on this, and, and he deserves that. I, I think. Um, you know, he's been a total good soldier. He handled last year beautifully. Um, you know, I think they gotta. I think they gotta let him know what's going on pretty quick here because we're just 16 days out from the start of free agency, and really 14 days out of of the of the window opening for these guys to talk. So it's getting close on that. For sure. And I was asked just an hour or so ago. You know, if you had to put a chip down on one team you think Tony Romo is going to go to, who would it be? And a month or two ago, I would have said Denver. But like mm-hmm. I said before, I think they're going to live with Simeon and eventually just let Lynch be the guy. I think it's Houston. You know, to, uh, you live with Osweiler, but you know you're going to move on from him after a year. The defense with J.J. Watt coming back has a chance to be really good. Wouldn't cost you much in draft picks or anything to get him if you traded for him. Keep him in Texas. Draft O line. 
uh, Houston to me could be a really good landing spot for him. Yeah, you know what? I the last thing I want to talk about was kind of placing these guys with teams, and I had an article on that yesterday. And my Tony Romo landing spot is Houston, and okay. and it's not the picks that I have aren't necessarily best fits. It's, it's actually my prediction of what I get, think is going to happen. The Roma one is kind of a combination of prediction and best fit because really, especially if they let Tony control this by being a free agent, it's really going to be Houston, Kansas City, or Denver. And I don't think Houston, Denver or Kansas City is really going to be in the mix. And, and I think Houston's the best fit for him. Yeah, we talked about Denver. I think Kansas City's worth talking about in that I think they like Nick Foles a lot. You know, that Reed has a history with him. When he became available, Kansas City was really aggressive to go get him. But he's owed like $10 million. So they're a cash They're one of the few cash-strapped teams. I don't think they can pay Foles that kind of money. However, you know, has the Alex Smith thing run its course? And Smith's contract's up a year from now. So... You know, I'm not predicting it, but it wouldn't blow me away if there was a big earth-shattering move at the quarterback position for the Chiefs. And maybe that is trading Alex Smith to someone for a third-round pick and trading for Tony Romo or using a first-round pick on a quarterback. You know, maybe that's where Deshaun Kaiser ends up or something along those lines. But it wouldn't blow me away if a big thing happened in Kansas City. I mean, is that that's fascinating? But is that Andy Reid's style? Well, he's always prepared. He... You know, like they, they've never hesitated to use draft picks on quarterbacks. You know, in Kansas City, at Philly, they've always they've often used second and third round picks, knowing that the guy there might not be long for the job. Um, so, I mean, in the end, my hunch is, you know, I'm not predicting something massive is going to happen, but I would imagine. They let Foles walk. Smith is kind of a dead man walking on a one-year deal. Use a second-day pick on a quarterback and go from there. Yeah. Uh, but what if you traded? What if you traded Smith, ahead. picked up Foles' option, use, and then go get Romo? Yeah. Um, Somebody would take out Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, Houston people would take under, out. you know. It could be the 49ers again. You know, yeah, right. It's a different 49ers face, but it could be. That would be kind of hilarious. But um, I just don't know. I mean, they won 12 games last year, and Alex Smith was not – they weren't going to win 15 games if Alex Smith wasn't their quarterback. He didn't, quote, hold them back. And, you know, they lost that, they lost that playoff game to Pittsburgh. I don't think because of Alex Smith. They just – Lost a, a, a cold game, and you know, in a playoff game that was really close, and they lost by two points. I just don't see Alex, and I get it, and, and you talk about it a lot with Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton, the, the kind of the quarterback purgatory guys. You know, not not terrible enough to replace, and not good enough to really win you something. And Alex Smith is certainly in that, but Alex Smith just seems to be a part of a lot of winning teams, and no I just doubt. don't. And I, and I think he's a good fit for Andy Reid. So yeah, I, I very I, much agree. And I, but I also think Reid 
is such a good quarterback coach that he gets the most out of Smith too. You know that this is still this is Smith's ceiling, and I know I'm really hard on those type of quarterbacks, Cousins and especially Dalton and Smith. And there's a lot of teams out there. I mean, that would kill for those guys. You know, I mean, imagine Houston last year with either one of them, or even Jacksonville. They might win the division with Andy Dalton or Alex Smith, the Jags. Maybe Houston could get Alex Smith. That would be an okay right. fit. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. I don't know. I mean, but I also think it, you can't just – if you're the Chiefs, do you lock them up and say we, you want them to be your quarterback the next four years? And uh, to me, that's not the answer either, though. No, I mean, I think he's 34, and he's a much different 34 than Aaron Rodgers, the guy that was not – you know, that he was picked ahead yeah. of. Because um, Aaron Rodgers has five, six more – elite years ahead of him, likely. Alex Smith is just going to be, you know, a, a pretty good guy for two or three years. So I, I get it, and I understand that. And I'd be fascinated if, if, if Romo ended up in Kansas City. It'd be, you know, unbelievable. And, and, and maybe that would that would make the AFC even tougher, I'll tell you that. But you better have a backup. Whoever gets Tony Romo better have a backup. I mean, what has he played? Two, three yeah. games in the last two years? Yeah. And I don't trust him to stay healthy no matter what happens. You know, you can see the allure of bringing somebody like that in, but he better not be the only guy in your roster of consequence to that position because that's scary. I mean, you better have at least a young guy or you're drafting somebody because he's not going to be around for long even if he does stay healthy. See, I think Houston can get away with it because okay, we screwed up Brock. We're gonna get we're gonna get rid of him, but we still got him this year as a backup. They had we have Savage as a backup, and then you know we're gonna try to win the Super Bowl with Tony Romo. If it doesn't work, we'll figure it out later. I think I think they're just in a little bit different boat than Denver and Kansas City. Uh, Denver because they've won and they got young guys. Um, I think the Denver pairing with Romo is is, is just kind of too convenient. I think everybody's thinking back to Peyton Manning too much, but it's a different deal. And I think they really like Lynch. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe yeah. that. I, I think yeah. they do. And, and you mentioned Houston, yeah. and I think you're right in that even if you only get ten games out of Tony, well, then we're back where we were. And maybe it's Savage, and you know, maybe he's the guy, or – Ideally, Romo starts in 2017 and 2018. Brock's not with the team in 2018, and we draft somebody at that point. Right. And none of these teams that we're talking Romo, that we're, we're connecting Romo to, have great offensive lines. That's so a point. That's a problem, too. And you can't see him going to the Jets, the Niners, the Browns, though, right? Or Chicago. I don't know. I, I can see why the no Jets may want him. Jets can sell it. Hey, you know, we were a ten-win team two years ago, but the Browns and Niners—that that, that would be stupid. I mean, I can even see maybe the Bears trying to do something with them, but yeah, I, I would be Niners. I would be very critical of all four of those teams if they yeah. made that their quarterback answer. What about Buffalo? I don't know what direction that team's going, and I. To me, that's not a good sign. You know, like, what's their strengths? Where are they as a team? Are they a rebuild? They feel like they draft 8, 9, 10 every year. You know, like, what are we going to do to get over the hump? I'm not saying you make Cardell Jones a quarterback or, 
go get Mike Glennon, or I don't know what the answer is. I don't have an easy fix for them. You know, like the Jets, to me, you totally blow the whole thing up, and you get rid of all the veterans, and you make them the Browns. The Bills, are they savable? I don't know. I, I think they're in for a really long couple years where things don't get much better, and maybe you get to nine wins one year or ten wins one year, but next year you That's lose. That's kind of what they've been, you know? Yeah, I don't see anything changing. Uh, you know, I have a, my prediction for Buffalo is Mike Glennon and drafting somebody in the first or second round. And that would be fine. Yeah, I'm excited to see Glennon. You know, and he would fit the weather there. And Cardell Jones, I think, still has a chance to become something, and I know they like him. I just don't love the supporting cast. You know, like if Sammy Watkins can't stay on the field and they lose Rashawn, and they lose Woods in free agency, who's he throwing to? Is the running game going to remain as good? I bet it doesn't. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about that organization. E.J. Manuel is really an underrated, horrendous pick, wasn't he? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> However, I guess, you know, going back to our original conversation, he could change teams and maybe be a good backup somewhere. You know, I mean, going really far down the list, he's just yet another name, like a Geno Smith or an RG3 or, you know, a handful of these guys that were big-name guys at one point that could end up as uh, Russell Wilson's backup. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, you know, my number one guy on the list is Garoppolo. What would your prediction for his landing spot be? And, and, and New England is is an option. See, I love him. To me, of all these guys we're talking about, including the draft, and I have more work to do in the draft, guys, but still, the, by far the quarterback I want that could change teams this year is Garoppolo. I'm very much a believer. I think he can be a top 10, 12 Romo type in his prime type of guy for somebody. You know, I really do. And to me, if I'm the Browns with my extra first round pick and having the most draft capital and the most cap space, I have to get Jimmy. I mean, if I'm the front office with Cleveland, I have to get Jimmy. And I'm not going to give up first overall, but I don't think the Niners will give up two or the Bears will give up three. But I'll give you 12. And I bet every Patriot fan in the world right now would say, yeah, I'll trade him for the 12th overall pick, take O.J. Howard or second-best pass rusher in the draft or Leonard Fournette or, you know, I mean, you talk about adding that a quality. That trade can help them win another Patriots. Super Bowl. Right, and go win another two Super Bowls. Yeah, right, just keep winning them. Yeah, that's my fit is the Browns. And I just think it's easy for them. I mean, like you said, they, they, got, a, they got a lot of cap room. So they can sign them to a, a nice deal, and they got a lot of draft picks, and that 12 might – 12 should be pretty good for this guy, right? I mean, unless the Patriots completely overvalue him. Right. I mean, if you get into a real bidding war, see, the way I look at it, so I'm looking through the Patriots' eyes, the most I could ever expect to get for Jimmy straight up is 12. If I'm the Bear, if I'm the Browns, that's probably the, my ceiling in terms of price as well. But nobody's going to beat it. You know, that, and so in the end, I think New England ends up with 12, and the Browns end up with Jimmy and New England's third-round pick, or, you know, some other spare change. I've seen speculation, just speculation, where maybe the 49ers offer two, you know, flip first rounds. You give me Garoppolo and number 32, and we'll give you two. I, I mean, 
Is that better than 12? I don't know. You know? Man, maybe. You know, if there's somebody you'd love at two, if you're the Patriots, you know, uh, assuming Miles Garrett's off the board. I mean, if there's a stud there that you absolutely love, you know, Allen from Bama or something like that, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, I know that the Browns and the Niners are sort of in similar situations, but I just feel like the new coach there, you throw Jimmy in and Sam Fran, and I guess the same is true for Cleveland. He's in for a long year. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't do it, because I do think he's a franchise quarterback, and there's very few of them in the world. If you can get him, get him. And I'm sure Shanahan would do great things with him. But I just wonder if you should, you know, it's a new head coach, a new GM. I wonder if you should just spend a year of let's accumulate things, see where we stand, and next year go get our guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that, I think it's time is right for Cleveland to make this move. I think the 49ers have so many other things that they need to work out. And, you know, like Cleveland, they're right up there with a ton of cap room. And they have a ton of draft picks. I think there's, like, the middle rounds, they got two picks, like four through seven or three through six. I mean, they got a ton of picks. So that means and, they have a lot of great draft, I mean, trade ammo. As well, sure. so maybe and the Forty ers get right this year. You know, build a foundation because they really don't have a foundation. There's only like four, five, maybe guys to be excited about on that entire roster, and one is 32 year old Joe Staley. So yeah, they got a long way Bowman. to go. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, they've nothing a wide receiver. They very much are a rebuild. There's no question. And they certainly could pick at the top of the draft next year and get whoever the stud is next year. And the same right. is true for Cleveland. I mean, it's not like they're close, but uh, and both but these I teams. I think they're think ready to go. They're, I think they're launch, they're ready to launch. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? They, they did their they year of you know kind of being stagnant and bringing in a ton of picks. And I think both teams think do need to bring in a lot of quantity in terms of draft picks. I think the Browns drafted fourteen dudes last year. They didn't hit on a ton of them, but. I would think San Fran's in the same boat. Yeah. I just think the 49ers are where the Browns were last year, and the Browns are kind of ready to start building, you know. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers still need to get to the point where they can start building. So do you think there's any chance that the Patriots decide not to trade them? Unless Belichick and Brady are like, hey, let's do this one more year and hang it up. But I don't think that's the case. You know, I mean, and to me, that's the only logical conclusion if you would keep them. Because people yeah. are going to give you offers for Garoppolo. Yeah. If Belichick was playing the leave after this year, do you think he'd care about the Patriots afterwards? I mean, if trading if trading Garoppolo could help him win a title in his last year, he would do it. I would think. And, and yeah, I wouldn't and fault I, him for it. I don't blame it. him for it. He right, built right. It, I mean, you know? And same with Brady. I mean, uh, if I was Belichick, I would be talking to Tom behind the scenes and say, hey, how many do you think he got? And I'm probably going to retire when you do. I mean, I don't want to break in a new guy or Jacoby Brissett or whatever. He's up in age. Yeah. They're both at the height of their powers, though. Why do it now? But, yeah, you know, yeah I don't so know. Many... I mean, if you can get O.J. Howard for, you know, uh, for Garoppolo, Plug him next to Gronk. I mean, now we're talking. You know, I mean, that, that seems like a deal. It's just very easy to do. Right. You know, going back to Brady and Belichick, so many people say, well, maybe that's what McDaniels is doing. Maybe he's just waiting for those guys to retire. Why the hell would he want to do that? 
you know, why do you want to take over the Patriots? What's that? Who wants to follow Belichick? Yeah, it doesn't work out very often. You know, that's why they always mention the dude who replaced uh, Lombardi and Dan Devine. Or wasn't there, you know, Gene Barstow who replaced uh, John Wooden? You know, there's a reason. It doesn't work out very well. No, and it's not like it's not like you're going to inherit a 28 year old Brady. No, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, um, all right, how about Kirk Cousins? I think he just stays in Washington. I, I... I do too, and I think we have the same conversation a year from now. You know, I think they've ended yeah. up franchising him. He stays there, and we talk about it again a year from now, just like we did last year. I don't think he yep. goes anywhere. Like, I can't see San Fran giving up number two for him. And, and that's the really the only, the only team that would even think of making the move, and I just don't see it happening. Right. I think um, they say, maybe we'll talk to you a year from now. Yeah. I mean, the Cousins thing is out there because they haven't been able to figure it out, but it's really not that interesting. It's just kind of a thing, you know? Right, like I think we all think, I mean, if Vegas were putting odds on who's the Redskins starting quarterback for week one, it's got to be like 98% on Cousins. Yeah, yep. However, one thing that is kind of interesting with them is I assume a year from now you can't franchise him again, you know, because it's just going to be too expensive. Right. It wouldn't be a bad idea to use a second-round pick on a quarterback. The Redskins? There's nothing else in-house. Yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, maybe the Redskins, because there will probably be a, a quarterback or two that drops. You know, I think we're going to be talking about this kid, uh, Davis Webb, a lot from Cal after the combine. I think he's going to do well there. He had a good senior bowl, supposed to be a really smart guy, and I think we may see him move up boards. I've heard good things, too. I mean, not real accurate, um, but comes from the exact same system Goff did and put up just as good a numbers, more of a pocket passer, 6'5", big arm, scatter shot. but I, I guess he's really smart, like you said. And those type of guys, you know, that the, the coaches get involved in the process now. They didn't watch all the tape where he was missing open receivers. They go to his pro day and he's slinging it all over the place. They look at the combine, they sit down with him on the board, and they like all those things. It's, it's a good time to be that type of prospect because your, your stock starts to rise. Right, right. I want to stay on the, the prediction list here a little bit. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think he's number the number four quarterback available behind Garoppolo, Cousins, and Romo. I have my prediction for him is the Jets. Agree? Disagree? I think he's the big wild card. I mean, I mean, of all the guys we've talked about, he's the one I feel the least confident of what's going to happen to him. I'm not even convinced Buffalo's going to move on from him. I don't know that they should. The thing I always say about Taylor is if you put me in charge of being of defending him or prosecuting him, I could come up with just as good a list on both accounts of why you should sign him or not. You know what I mean? Like right. I could see why people would like him, and I do think he's a good player and he should be a starter in this league. But depending what system I'm running and what we're up to, I could easily come up with a list of things where, eh, I'd rather play against them than with them. You know, I mean, let's go get somebody else. But uh, I'm not coming up with the great landing spot for him. I mean, I guess the Jets make sense. He's still pretty young. What if he were to go challenge Bortles or ends up in Cleveland or San Fran? 
San Fran, interesting. What about um, I've heard Denver with him. I, I, I think that's counterproductive for Denver because he's not like he's Romo where he could, if he stays healthy, he can lead you to a championship, and he's just getting in the way of the young guys. And he's better than those two for 2017, but you're right. Like, I don't think, like, that's the thing we needed to go win the Super Bowl, you know, that and where Romo could be. If Romo hits and he's healthy, that could make you a really powerful team, where I don't think Taylor could do that. So I agree with you. But you know what? In some, we started the show talking about how good this, interesting this carousel could be. In a lot of years, Tyrod Taylor would be the best quarterback available, right? Yeah, of the best starting experience, still pretty young, has a unique and strong skill set. So, yes, I mean, I, I think most years you'd be saying teams like the Browns and the Niners are going to be, they have a lot of cap room, are they going to go get Taylor and plug him in as their starter? Yeah. How about the Bears? My, my pick for them is one of the rookies at number three. I just think they're going to lose out on the guys they want, and they're just going to say the hell with it, and we're going to draft a guy. I kind of agree. However, this draft reminds me a lot of the Cam Newton, J.J. Watt, Julio, Peterson draft, you know, where all the teams that missed early in the draft were the ones that drafted Ponder and Locker and Gabbert, you know, that right. passed on all these stud prospects that end up being stars otherwise, Tyron Smith and Julio Jones and A.J. Green, that is John Fox going to pass on Jonathan Allen from Alabama, who he's got a great grade on and is a total star, or one of these stud safeties, or the corner from Ohio State that everybody loves, to take a rookie quarterback? I mean, if this doesn't seem like a Fox move. Yeah, but is it, is it going to be his choice? That's a good, good question. You know, is he in for the long haul? I mean, I would think his vote is give me Tyrod Taylor and and we'll go from there. Yeah. Or yeah, Glennon even. Or, you know, bring John Fox back. may be entering the last year of it, as a head coach of his career, you know. And, and I'm not trying to say that meanly or saying he deserves right. it, but he's he's in a tough spot. He is, and I don't even know what the best thing for the organization is because I don't think they're as bad off or even close to it than the Browns or the Niners who pick in front of them. You know, I think the Bears are closer to contention for sure, but, boy, do they have a quarterback question. I mean, right now they yeah. have zero, basically. Right, right. And what uh, direction do you go? What's that? And what direction is the way to go? You know, just yeah. bring back Hoyer yeah. and draft a guy at three or – you know, go get a Taylor or a Glennon. I'm, that's, that one's tricky. And that, that'll be another one of these, another, another big reason why this class is so intriguing. Right. Right. Um, how about San Francisco? I, I have them getting Jake Cutler and very much basically missing out on not being able to get in on Cousins, losing out on Garoppolo and saying, okay, let's just get better at other places and get a stopgap. And, and and Kyle Shanahan kind of hinted that the other day that he would not be averse. They're not going to force trying to get a franchise quarterback. Nor do I think they should. You know, we kind of just talked yeah. about that. That I think next year you draft your guy. Right. And I guess Cutler's as good think, as any. 
I mean, yeah, as is, as stopgap guys, Cutler's okay for that, and I think we talked about this last week. You know, he played with John Lynch in Denver. He played for Kyle's dad, Mike, in Denver. Mm-hmm. So there's some connections there. I, I actually feel like this one has a shot of happening. Yeah, and I hadn't really put that together. You hear a lot about Cutler to the Jets, and I don't like that one. Um, he's oh, going to he end up he somewhere. Would not enjoy being New York, a New York quarterback. That would not go well. <laughs> that would not go well. I've also thought about him in Jacksonville, though. Yeah, and I, and I like that. And but that just... means I I think I think you're closer to getting rid of the Bortles than the Jaguars are. Maybe. However. You know, I thought he was terrible this year. But yeah. then you read, and it didn't get reported very much, that he played much of the year with two separated shoulders. And yeah. maybe that's why his, his motion wasn't so great. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's probably not easy to do. And I also think he didn't, try, you know, didn't work out like he should have in the offseason and dedicate himself to his craft and probably learned his lesson like young men do. But I really feel like if you're the Jags, with the resources they have, they don't have a lot of needs. You know, they've spent so much at free agency, and they'll continue to do that, that you can't just go into the season and say, Blake, you're our guy. I mean, you have to, I need somebody better than Chad Henney in the room than, you know, with Blake. Right. And maybe that's Cutler. Maybe that's Glennon or a second-round pick or, you know, something that's somewhat of an insurance plan. Right. You know, after all this talk that we've been doing, you know, one team is – looks pretty smart right now is Minnesota. They had a, 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 a urgent problem. They they maybe panicked a little bit and got and gave up a lot for Bradford, but they don't have a quarterback issue right now, and he was okay for them, you know? See, I think he's better than people think, and I thought he had a very good year with nothing around him, and I don't think they have a quarterback problem. I mean, I really oh. don't. I mean... I mean, a year from now, maybe I will. But I think, considering how that team is set up with defense and should be a running game, et cetera, um, they should. You know, Bradford's great. Bradford's fine. And, and it doesn't seem like Teddy's going to be ready for this year, at least the beginning. And again, they may have gave up a lot for him, but they answered a problem, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. Because people kind of banged on him for that trade. But I, I liked the aggressive, and it was smart, and it was aggressive, and I, I liked it. Out of the box. And the thing is, I mean, when they made the deal, they looked themselves like a good team. Like, this is going to be a late first-round pick. Because they didn't know that Adrian Peterson was going to get hurt and the offensive line was going to crumble. And it, it ended up not being a you know super early pick, but... A lot of things went wrong from that point on, and it wasn't a quarterback situation. Right. Right. And I think this is going to be the 15th pick. And, yeah, but he, he didn't get in their way. And he, he'll make he'll still be a plus for them this year, right? I think so. I think so. I mean, with the line, I mean, they really changed what they had to do. I mean, they became a very quick striking, get it out of your hands, unbelievably quick, because they can't protect. I mean, everything came down to their line being so bad. And no running game, no protection. I don't care who the play callers are, who the quarterback is. You're not going to manufacture offense. I mean, that was maybe the worst line in the league. Right, right. Well, it's interesting. Well, you know what? 
again, we're going to get a lot of these answers, and we're going to be talking a lot about these matchups because I'm not going to be right on all those predictions, not by a long shot. So there's, we're going to be talking about all these pairings, and, hey, could you believe that the Browns did that? Or Like you said, your, your thoughts on Kansas City. Can you believe Kansas City pulled the trigger on that? So we're going to have a lot to talk about. You're heading to the Combine next week, correct? I am. I'm traveling on Tuesday, so maybe we'll record at a different time. or we'll, That's still, still to be determined. But I'm sure I'll dig up some news while I'm down there and see some prospects and do all kinds of good stuff. Is this your first Combine in a, quote, media role? I think I went with the Browns, and I think I went the first year with McShay and those guys. But really, all okay. I, was, I wasn't like doing anything media related. I basically was just getting information on players. So yeah, yeah. it's been eleven years, and I have well, no idea what I'm gonna do as a media guy. I still don't think of myself as a media guy. Yeah, what's what's your what's your goals there? Well, the reason I'm going is the Steelers radio network is sending four of us down, and we're setting up on Radio Row all week, and we're doing like a three or four hour show five days in a row or whatever. So I'll be one of those guys. We're going to bring in players and coaches and talk to them throughout the week. But other than that, I have no more responsibilities. So I'm going to keep writing my articles from my hotel room, doing my podcasts, um, going out at night and seeing, you know, getting all the scoop and talking to as many people as I can. So I'm psyched about it. When you were in the league, did you, when you went with the Browns, were you one of those guys that went out at night? And uh, you know, because that's where that's where everybody, could, you know, even the reporters. You got when I was, you know. Before this combine was super crazy, and there wasn't everybody there. You got your information at night, like at eleven, twelve at night at some Irish bar. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping to be. That guy is just sit down with you know other media people and dudes I might know in the league or meet there and have a beverage with them and chat. But when I was at the Browns, no, I mean it was my first year. I was all wide-eyed. I didn't know. I wasn't going out. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just gearing up to see the drills the next day, writing reports. Um, I, I did nothing social that year. But that yeah. won't be the case this year. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's, uh, yeah, we, we'll figure out and we'll do next week's show. It'll be a good time. And then the following week's show will be even better because it's combine wrap-up and free agency is right there. They've really slammed combine and free agency together this year i mean these teams are going to be going nuts if they're not getting sleep this week they're not going to get sleep for about another three weeks because they leave the combine and it's right it's right to free agency i mean this is terrible to say but i feel like this podcast that we're recording now or just recorded that if we listen to it in two weeks it's going to be totally worthless you know like all this stuff is speculation, and it's a calm before the storm, and it's great to talk about, you know, what should the Jags do and the Chiefs do and all these teams. But when things start happening, it's going to be a tidal wave. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with that because – Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. We're, you know, let's, let's chop it up. Let's figure it out. And if, and I don't mind being wrong. I don't care. You know? No, but it's, it's what, still what great you to you talk about. You fire me? And, you know? Right. And to think yeah. about it through their eyes of how they should approach things, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So, cool. Well, hey, travel safe there. We'll talk next week. And uh, thanks for everybody listening to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. We'll be back to you next week from Indy.